Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. We are now into the second year of the Trump administration, and the last year has been filled with ups and downs, important victories, successful holding campaigns, and painful defeats. We've learned a lot, but there's always more to learn and more to be done. In this now weekly series, we talk with organizers, agitators, and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host. Rebecca Vallis, I'm the Vice President of the Poverty Program at the Center for American Progress, and I'm the host of Off Kilter, the show about poverty, inequality, and everything they intersect with. So we're talking today because, well, because the Farm Bill and all of the nasty things that were hidden in it went down last week. Um, So give us a quick rundown of what actually happened there and then why it was important for this thing to die in its particular form. Sure. So for starters, any conversation about the Farm Bill has to start with the real beginning of the story, which was when Republicans rammed through the partisan tax plan that gave about $1.5 trillion in tax cuts to the wealthiest people in this country and to wealthy corporations as well. Um, And so now as part of their quest to turn around and dismantle health care and housing and nutrition assistance all to pay for those tax cuts for the wealthy corporations, one of the goals that they have had on their agenda for this year uh, is to dismantle nutrition assistance. And that is what the partisan farm bill that we saw actually go down in flames at the end of last week uh, was an attempt to do. Uh, Make no mistake, what it would do is to end the supplemental nutrition assistance program as we know it. Um, And in large part by targeting some of the people who are facing some of the greatest barriers uh, and discrimination in our labor market. The older adults, uh, parents with children uh, who are over certain ages, um, as well as just low-wage workers themselves. And Mm -hmm. this is just part and parcel of their ongoing effort to divide and conquer um, and to make their uh, attempts to dismantle programs that help people make ends meet uh, into um, sort of a, a puppies and rainbows sounding uh, effort, similar to what Paul Ryan has been doing for years, right. um, to uh, seem like they're helping the forgotten man and forgotten woman uh, that Trump campaigned to help, but in uh, but in reality, to actually. Uh, go after those very people uh, who are struggling most. Um, So what the Farm Bill would have done, just very quickly, um, is it it would have... So a little bit of background on what the SNAP program is. Um, It used to be called Food Stamps. Some people may be familiar with that name for the program, but today it's called the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, and it helps about 40 million Americans put food on the table uh, in any given month. Now, the benefits that it provides are already extremely meager, just $1.40 per person per meal. I mean, just pausing there for a second, imagine that as your food budget, but you've got Republicans in Congress saying, nope, that's too much. We've got to actually take some of that away from people who are struggling to put food on the table. And that's what this farm bill would have done, is to make a program that is already incredibly meager, where families already, by and large, report running out of food by the third week in the month because the benefits are so meager. Um, It's to make that program even harder to access 
for people when they're facing hard times. Um, and the people that it targets, by and large, are people who are struggling to find work or who can't get enough hours in their job. That is who would be most hurt by this proposal. Um, now, what happened last week is we saw total unity among Democrats. We saw Democrats saying, this is a heartless bill that I can't vote for. And we saw that from every single Democrat in the House. Yeah. And what we saw in the Republican caucus was real disarray, not uh, super uh, dissimilar from what we've seen on a number of occasions with a number of pieces of legislation where the where Republicans can't quite seem to agree on how heartless they want to be. Yeah. Um, uh, and we, we actually saw the bill go down literally in the middle of the vote. It seems like Republicans weren't aware that they didn't have the votes to pass the bill. Um, and so we saw Democrats in lockstep say, no, I, don't, I can't uh, uh, vote for a piece of legislation that takes uh, food away from as many as 2 million Americans, which yeah. is what this bill would have done. Um, uh, and we saw Republicans split between wanting to see the bill be even crueler and take even more food away from even more people. Yeah. And in some cases, uh, in the case of moderate Republicans, we saw them saying, actually, I, I'm, I'm realizing this is going to be bad for me in November. Right. Now, interestingly, that's actually a lot of what we've seen in recent polling, some polling that the Center for American Progress did earlier this year, mm -hmm. found that cuts to nutrition assistance are wildly unpopular, yeah. including with Republicans. Yeah. Two thirds of this country does not want to see cuts to nutrition assistance, mm -hmm. including food stamps. Um, and so it, I think that's uh, um, sort of petri dish that we saw come to a head last week, and we did see the bill go down literally on the floor in the middle of the vote. Yeah. And so just for people who don't usually follow the progress of the farm bill, this is a thing that happens all the time. It, it contains a million different pieces of subsidies and programs and things like that, and it usually passes with a lot of bipartisan support. That's exactly right. So traditionally, the the uh, the farm bill, which authorizes food stamps, the supplemental nutrition assistance program, along with a range of uh, uh, agricultural um, components, it's a really massive piece of legislation. Traditionally, the bill is bipartisan, and that's something that we've seen in both the House and the Senate traditionally over over decades. Yeah. What we saw was a very different process this time in the House. We saw House Republicans draft the bill without any input from Democrats, not letting them be at the table at all, which is something that is very unusual when it comes to uh, the farm bill. Um, and we saw the proposal that they put out, which would take uh, nutrition assistance away from 2, millions, 2 million Americans and cut benefits for many, many more. We saw it be completely unpalatable to Democrats, and it didn't get a single Democratic vote. So completely. Yeah almost completely unprecedented um, in terms of what we've seen around a farm bill. And that was a big part of, of what ultimately caused it to go down on the floor. Now, I want to pause here for a yeah. second because I feel like this is actually a piece of the story that's getting uh, far too little attention. There, There is a piece of the story that has been getting, um, uh, that has been almost entirely dominating news coverage of the farm bill and why we saw it go down in the House last week. And that's that the House Freedom Caucus was effectively 
was holding the bill hostage to some demands that they had, including on a really extreme immigration bill. And that absolutely is part of what was going on. We saw um, the House Freedom Caucus yet again showing that they had tremendous control of the entire House Republican Caucus because of the block that they voted and, right. and the power that that brings. But what's getting very little attention, and which uh, was a big part of the story of why this bill ultimately failed, yeah. is that we did see Democrats completely unified in their opposition to this bill. Yeah. Um, and it was because of the harmful snap cuts, the cuts right. to nutrition assistance, that Democrats voted in lockstep against the legislation. That is a big part of why ultimately Republicans weren't able to muster the votes that they needed yeah. to pass the bill that they had crafted without any Democratic input. Yeah. So I want to get to the question of work requirements embedded in this stuff in a second. But first, I want to ask you about the um, outside pressure on the Democrats to bring this down on everybody to say we don't actually want you to make the food stamp program harsher than it is. So we have seen tremendous mobilization among pretty much every corner of the progressive community, and it's 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 sort of a, it's an amazing time where we've been watching Republicans go after uh, tens of millions of Americans' health care for the better part of a year and a half. Actually, last week was yet another reemergence of zombie efforts to repeal the Affordable Care Act to roll back Medicaid expansion. We saw that rear its head yet again in the very same right. week where yeah. Republicans were calling a vote on taking away food assistance from 2 million Americans um, and, and dismantling the, the food stamp program as we know it. Um, and we, but amid so much going on and, and really uh, uh, um, uh, conversations happening nationally about the, the very future of our democracy, the more uh, news that continues to uh, drop from uh, the Trump and, and, and Russia uh, uh, conversation, we've, we've still managed to see just tremendous mobilization um, from pretty much every corner of the progressive community when it comes to telling members of Congress um, hands off snap and that this is not the kind of country that they want to live in uh, to let its people starve to pay for tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations. So we saw um, a, a rally of uh, leading Democrats um, on the Hill um, uh, uh, last uh, just two weeks ago that drew um, uh, hundreds of people who had been flying in uh, to Washington to meet with their members of Congress from all over the country. We saw thousands of calls coming in um, to members of Congress. Um, we, uh, and we saw millions upon millions um, of uh, 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 tweets and impressions uh, of people all engaging, telling their members of Congress, uh, hands off snap. So it's been uh, really a lot of um, uh, activity and engagement over the course of the past um, several months and, and leading up to the past couple of weeks. I think that's a big part of what we're now seeing actually drive um, uh, moderates in particular in the House Republican Caucus to understand how toxic it is and how unpopular it is to go after this program. I think it's been um, conventional wisdom for a long time that Social Security and Medicare are the so-called third rail of American politics. I think that Republicans, in a lot of ways, 
um, are learning the hard way how popular programs like Medicaid um, and now food stamps mm -hmm. um, are in the minds of, of Americans. And that's something we've seen from polling. I mentioned earlier that two-thirds of Americans, when polled, uh, oppose cuts to food stamps and, and to nutrition assistance more broadly. That opposition cuts across party lines. It's not just Democrats. It's yeah. Republicans. It's independents. Um, it's even Trump's own voters who don't want to see this program cut. And so I think in a lot of ways, similar to how we saw widespread opposition and resistance to not just repealing the Affordable Care Act, but to dismantling Medicaid. And in a lot of ways, Medicaid was actually what saved the Affordable Care Act. Right. I think we're now seeing Republicans wake up and start to realize how popular nutrition assistance and in turn housing is. That's another program that we're watching a massive um, and major attacks on, um, uh, particularly from the Trump administration. We haven't seen legislation introduced along those lines yet, but just a couple of weeks ago, we saw from Ben Carson a proposal to triple the, uh, the nation's poorest families' rents um, and to take housing assistance away from yeah. uh, jobless workers and people who can't get enough hours at their job. Uh, just yet another yeah. issue to drop in this ongoing attack on pretty much every program or policy that helps families afford the basics. I yeah. think that's yet another area where if Republicans go down that road, we're going to see them learn again the hard way how popular these programs are and how unpopular cuts are. But that's a lot of what has led up to this moment now, and I think it's a lot of what explains uh, the discomfort that we saw with moderates, uh, moderate Republicans voting against this bill mm -hmm. um, because they they just, they, they couldn't in uh, um, uh, a year where they're having to go back to the, um, the ballot box, um, uh, 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 confront their voters and say, not only did I try to take away your health care, but now I'm also trying to take away your food. And right. that's exactly what this bill would have done. Yeah. And the last time you and I talked, we talked about work requirements, which are the one of their favorite tools to cut everything from healthcare to housing to food stamps to, you know, whatever they can think of to, to cut. So how are we seeing the, the sort of move of work requirements being instituted in different places? So the, the concept of so-called work requirements, which is really a misnomer, right. what work requirements really are is harsh time limits on assistance for people who mm -hmm. can't get enough hours at their job or, or who can't find work. Um, Republicans call uh, these policies work requirements because they know that that sounds good on its face, the idea of working in exchange for something. Um, but when you actually dig just a little bit beneath the surface, what you find is that counter to what Republicans would have us believe, that these are somehow policies that we need or that are, are, are somehow popular, um, uh, not only are they not popular, we actually did some polling at the Center for American Progress and found that when people understand what these policies do, that they take away health care or food or housing from, from people who, as I said, can't find a job or get enough hours at work, um, they, we see majority opposition. And that's actually true not just among progressives. It's true across party lines. It's true among independents, Republicans, um, uh, even Trump's own voters. Um, but what, why the reason that we see Republicans pushing forward with this as really the centerpiece of their agenda is they realize that it's an opportunity to try to uh, reinforce myths about 
these programs uh, that help people make ends meet, um, and, the, and the people who themselves receive assistance. So Republicans really, they, they, they recognize that as we've been talking about, these are popular programs, and that their best chance at cutting them and getting away with it um, is to make it seem as though what they're doing is taking away assistance from people who are somehow freeloaders or, mm -hmm. or who are the undeserving poor. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the push for work requirements is all about, trying to get uh, Americans to think that the people who are being helped by nutrition assistance or housing assistance or Medicaid um, for their health insurance are people who just don't want to work and who need some kind of a kick in the butt uh, to get them into the workforce. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's about reinforcing that sort of Fox News narrative that these are people you know, sitting on a couch who want their handout from the government. When in reality, um, what we're actually seeing is that by and large, these programs help seniors, they help people with disabilities, they help children, and the people who are, are working age, who, who are helped by these programs, are by and large people who are working, but who aren't paid enough to be able to make ends meet, um, and who don't have benefits provided by their employer um, mm -hmm. to allow them to have health insurance and, and, and the other things that they need. Um, and so a, a study actually uh, that came out last week to me reiterates the reality uh, of, of who is helped by these types of programs mm -hmm. um, and, and really in many ways I think is the perfect foil to that Republican frame pushed by the concept of work requirements. And that study which was released by United Way found that nearly half of American households currently are not earning enough right. to afford basics like food and housing. That's not some them. That's not some class of other people who are on the wrong side of the tracks who made bad choices or whatever it is that Republicans are hoping we believe so that they can get away with trying to slash these programs. That's an us. That is absolutely an us. Um, and that's the reality uh, of programs like nutrition assistance, like housing assistance, like Medicaid, is they're there for people who, as I said, are seniors or people with disabilities or um, uh, children and people who uh, are working incredibly hard, in many cases two and three jobs cobbled together with unpredictable schedules, trying to make ends meet, who then need to turn to nutrition assistance or, or Medicaid um, when their wages aren't enough. And the Republican agenda depends on people not recognizing that, uh, that fact not just because of their desire to slash these programs that they fundamentally and ideologically don't agree with and don't like, but also because of Republicans' ongoing and continued refusal to raise the minimum wage. That's a big part of the story here. They're hoping we forget it, um, and, and, and that's why uh, we're seeing them continue to focus like a laser on this concept of so-called work requirements um, mm -hmm. in pretty much every attack that they lob against programs that help families make ends meet. The last time you and I spoke, we actually talked extensively about mm -hmm. Medicaid, which is another space where they have uh, uh, really latched onto the concept of work requirements as their uh, effort to slash the program. They realized in their efforts last year to repeal the Affordable Care Act and to dismantle Medicaid um, that it was going to be a lot harder than they thought when they set out on that quest. 
um, and, and realizing, recalibrating, that they were likely to have a lot more luck uh, going after Medicaid if they made it about so-called work requirements. And that's what we've been watching play out in the states uh, where Trump now is allowing states to take away health care from people who can't find a job or get enough hours at work for the first time in the Medicaid program's five-plus decade history. Um, and, and that's why we're seeing that as the cornerstone of this agenda. Yeah. So the farm bill, some form of farm bill has to pass. So what is the next step here? So in the coming days, um, we have heard that Paul Ryan may be trying to make another run at uh, cobbling together the votes to pass this legislation. Um, Mm -hmm. He has another couple of legislative days to try to do that. Um, If he's unsuccessful, um, then I think what we're likely to see is all eyes move to the Senate, where there is a bipartisan process currently playing out, Mm -hmm. um, to uh, come up with their own version of the Farm Bill. Um, We have Democrats and Republicans working together to draft some type of initial bid at at their effort of what they think a farm bill should look like. Mm -hmm. Um, We're likely to see that introduced in the coming weeks. Um, And then uh, I I think if anyone's guess, um, what timeline we're going to watch this play out, whether it ends up being before um, the the midterms and Republicans are really trying to move something forward. Um, There's the potential for um, them to take steps in the coming weeks and months and then have to come back in the lame duck um, to try to uh, finish the uh, uh, the business of actually getting this passed by both chambers. But there is a lot of interest on the Republican side of the aisle in trying to get this done so that they can come back to their uh, their donor class and their voters and say, look, um, not only did we manage to give tax cuts to the wealthiest people in this country and to wealthy corporations, but we also did something that we're going to tell you is, quote unquote, welfare reform. Um, they're framed right, for yeah. taking away the basics from people who are struggling to uh, make ends meet. Um, but you've also got uh, a strong desire on the part of some Democrats uh, to try to get something done because of the, the pieces of the bill that don't have to do with nutrition assistance, but that have yeah. to do with uh, farm subsidies and, and agricultural components of the legislation. Right. So I think in this moment, what we're likely to see is uh, attention shift to the Senate and that bipartisan process, and, and that's going to be the next step. All right. And how can people keep up with you? People can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Vallis. They can also listen to Off Kilter. It's the show about poverty and inequality and everything they intersect with, powered by the Center for American Progress. We cover these issues week and week in and week out. Um, and you can find the show on Twitter at Off Kilter Show. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.